1: Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. My name is Daryl Amy. I'm here with our co-host and good friend, Larry Levine. How's it going today, Larry?
0: It's
1: going great. (laughs) Good. Fantastic. Hey, I am so excited about what we have in store for everybody on the show today. It's going to be fantastic. As we get started, though, uh, I hope everyone's had a fantastic week. And Larry, I know last time we talked, we were talking about the the empty suit. And I know there's been uh, a lot of dialogue back and forth on your LinkedIn profile about the empty suit this past week, hasn't there?
0: Yeah, in fact, I'm I'm just reading my LinkedIn newsfeed right now, uh-huh. and I just posted I posted a comment. so I'm in a conversation with somebody, and they started talking about commodity. And he goes, "I love your last line. Most sales reps are empty suits pretending to be something they're not."
1: Oh, what do you think
0: about that?
1: And that goes straight to the core, <laughs> straight to the heart of what we want to talk Whoa. about today on the Selling from the Heart podcast. And uh, thank you everyone for joining us. And if this is your first time in the podcast, we're glad you're here. This is a podcast dedicated to sales reps who want to be a part of an elite core of salespeople and sales leaders that are genuine, authentic the real deal and bring the goods and today i want to welcome a guest to the podcast that fits all of those criterias uh, with uh like five stars his name's scott mcgregor and we've known scott for over a decade scott's the leader of one of the most inspiring recruiting firms talent acquisition companies uh, it's called something something new um uh, you can actually find it at try headquartered in New York City and Scott brings a passion and perspective to the Selling from the Heart podcast today that I think you're going to absolutely love, whether you're a sales rep or a sales leader. He's got a rich history of sales and sales leadership experience and today his company does talent acquisition for some of the uh, largest and most recognized brands across the United States. So Scott, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us today.
2: Thank you so much for having me, guys. I am excited to be here. I well, love me Scott McGregor. <laughs> we do
1: love some Scott McGregor, and uh, boy, I, you know, asking this question that we ask all of our guests: what does it mean to sell from the heart? Uh, you know, from your perspective, Scott, what does that mean? What does that mean to you when when you hear sell from the heart?
2: Yeah, it's a great it's a great question. Um, to me. It's it's really focusing on everybody but yourself. Um, so I think most salespeople focus on themselves, their product, their solution. Uh, they don't really focus on the person sitting across the desk from them or on the other end of the phone. So, you know, for us, that means focusing on our clients and our candidates, um, and you know, focusing on you know a social mission for us. So that's a big part. Uh, you know, everything that we do. Um, in terms of revenue generation, we know is going to go towards what we call something good, which is the support of, of three uh, organizations that we believe very passionately in. So I think for us, that's a piece of selling from the heart, but it, it's really just putting that focus back on the client and taking that focus off of yourself and, you know, not trying to monetize every relationship the, mm. second, uh, the second that you, you meet somebody.
0: Yeah, and, and I think you just, you just nail a really great point, and I think the reason why that sales reps want to immediately monetize the relationship, or you know, as we always talk about, lead with the wallet, it goes back to look what's in their funnel. So mm-hmm. it gets back to, I think if more sales reps could be genuine and authentic, and open up more new relationships and more conversations, they're not going to be leading with the wallet any longer. They're going to be leading with the heart. Right. But I think yeah. it's I think it's unfortunate because it just goes back to lack of prospecting. There's just not that much in the funnel. So unfortunately, their social mission in life is to lead with the wallet.
2: Yeah, I think people think that it takes a long time to build a relationship, and in my mind, it doesn't. It doesn't mm, no. take very long at all. You know, I. I know I built relationships with you guys early on and, and we, were, we probably built a pretty good relationship, you know, with one or two conversations. And obviously, you know, that relationship takes on more depth um, and, and um, you know, as time goes by. But I think when you're genuine and when you're transparent, uh, it's easy to build a relationship quickly. And I think sales reps um, are, feel like they're so under the gun to hit their quota that mm-hmm. what i hear a lot is i don't have time to build relationships mm. and i would say you don't have time not to build relationships
1: why it's so true
2: um so we're constantly talking in our organization about going slow to go fast and kind of what that means to us is the go slow part is build a relationship um don't try to monetize a relationship the second you meet somebody Yes. Uh, you know, try to develop that relationship. It goes a little bit along the lines of, of the Gary V, you know, uh, jab, 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 right hook or left hook or whatever <laughs> the heck it is. But, uh,
0: you know, the, the point is give, give, give before you've really earned the right to ask for anything. Uh, and I think that's a key. Well, you, and and there's a there's a great book moment in this because uh, I read a book. This probably is about eight or nine years ago. It's called "Slow Down, Sell Faster" by Kevin Davis.
1: Mm, great book.
0: And I think it I, I think it really resonates with sales reps, and I'm a firm believer. Is you can't sell something to anybody. I don't care what it is that any sales rep sells, unless you're really building a relationship with that person. Because you know, I look at I look at the way I'm sold to, right? if that person's not building a relationship with me, I'm sure the hell I'm not going to buy anything from them.
1: Yeah. 100%. I think that. You know, it, oh, go ahead, Scott.
2: No, I was going to say, you know, it, it's it's funny because I get, you know, uh, like we all do, I get multiple uh, requests to connect with people every hmm. day on LinkedIn. And, you know, uh, I know what's going to happen before I even click accept. Uh, right. I know that the next thing that I'm going to get from them is six paragraphs Uh, About why I should buy their product and it's just like trying to go from you know uh, You know hit a home run right off the bat. It's there's uh, There's no even attempt to build a relationship. It's just right to hey buy my
0: product. Here's what I've got And you know some what's really interesting is uh, You're right because it doesn't take time to build a relationship but it's just how many sales reps turn that light switch off after five o'clock, mm-hmm. and most most great relationships are built. After, for me, it's after five on the weekends, right? Social and how we use social now. There's no reason why sales reps can't build relationships, but they're so focused on, you know, I'm just going to stay in that relationship building mode for eight to five, right? Yeah, or eight to four or nine to three, <laughs> however many hours they supposedly are working. But to me, you know, relationships are built twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred and sixty-five days a year. I mean, it's super easy now to build relationships with people. I There's think it's so a great, there. great point. There's so much out there for you to get to. I mean, look at I mean Scott, you and I are a perfect example of it, right? Uh I I I
1: I totally agree with it. exactly what you said. It, you know, the ability
2: to build a relationship and for people to get to know you by the content that you're putting out there, you know, there's never been anything like that before where, where you've had an ability to, to get people to, you know, recognize who you are, what you stand for, what's important to you. Um, in some cases without ever even having a conversation. So I've had a lot of people say, you know, allow oh, I feel like I know you or, mm-hmm. you know, I follow what you're, what you're doing, and I think if you're if you're thinking about, hey, is this content relative relevant to you know my audience um, rather than is is it self-serving for me and my organization? Um, you know, that's really where you start to build those
1: relationships. I so think it's you're uh... interesting
0: because most sales reps will say, you know, unfortunately, we've been pigeonholed as a commodity, right? Well, I think today with with where socials at. It's easy to rise above that commodity status mm-hmm. because all you have to do is just truly just believe in what you do and throw it out there on social. I mean, that's what I did as a rep 10 years ago. I just started say, hey, here's who I am. Here's what I believe in. Here's how I can help you. Mm-hmm. I to be able to do business with everyone. No. Yeah. But I think integrating the use of social now to tell your story, to align to how they operate is this. There's no reason why sales reps can't use this to rise above the sea of sameness. It's just that mindset.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right on and, and going back in, in that, but it's not just using social, it's how you use social, right? Yeah. So so Scott, you said, you know, most people go right into this going, How can I monetize this relationship instead of how can I serve? And uh, we we laugh. We used to have this this term back in the day uh, called commission breath, right? You know, as sales rep, you can smell it on them uh, when you meet them face to face. All they're there to do is close a deal so they can monetize, make money. Um, but but I think that that. Um, you know that commission breath thing applies to to how we build relationships online through platforms like LinkedIn, right? That there's there's that one thing where you get that message that's you know you, you you connect with someone and the next thing you know you got this three paragraph sales pitch or you've got the opposite, which is somebody that is sharing ideas and content that are genuinely put out there to help you um, improve, and that's you know there's a massive difference between those two things. Now, when you say "sell from the heart," one of the things that you brought up earlier that that just really piqued my attention as we were talking before the show is is you guys are very animated by your involvement in something good, which is the nonprofit um, giving arm of of your organization. Talk to me a little bit about how that motivates you and your team, and what that looks like.
2: So, you know, when I started the company, uh, the really one of the first things I did is I said, what's really important to me? And what's really important to me is that I don't just go to work to, you know, make more money. Uh, You know, I'm I'm not interested in a bigger house or a fancier car. Um, But I think giving back allows you to spring out of bed as opposed to, you know, want to pull the covers over your head every day because you recognize that you know, your efforts are—they're greater than just you know what it's going to do for your bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know, it makes the the things that we need to do, uh, which is you know work long hours and and you know make those extra calls and and do all those things. It makes it a lot more palatable when you know that it's going to help others that that really need um, the assistance from. So I think. You know, I'd love to see every company that has a true social
1: mission, yeah, um, not just something that they kind of like to look
2: good, but that, you know, they really passionately believe in. So, you know, we set that up right from the beginning and, you know, we're, we're very involved with all three of the organizations that we support today, uh, which is Elevate New York, which I'm incredibly proud to be, uh, the chairman of the board, um, and keep on playing and stand beside them.
1: Man, that's that's great. And, and by the way, just for everyone listening, we'll make sure to put links to those in the, the the show notes. And I think that's outstanding. And I know Larry is as a sales rep on a sales rep level, being involved in um, in nonprofits was was huge for you in terms of selling from the heart and building relationships, right?
0: Yeah, and I think. Um, I mean, me personally, I can personally attest to what giving backs, you know, meant to me. And, and I think where it all started is my youngest son went to a private school. And, and in sixth grade, part of what he had to do was he had to do charity work. He had to do so many hours of charity work from sixth grade and then it elevated seventh, eighth grade. Then when he got into high school, it was even more giving back. And I said, you know, if my son has to do this, <laughs> I can't, you know, why can't <laughs> I do it? And that's yeah. when I really started to start giving back to the community. And I just dove in. And And I know, you know, Daryl, you know me real well. Scott, you know me real well. When I pour my heart into something, I just <laughs> do it. And I saw the impact immediately for just giving back. So, you know, I joined a couple of not-for-profit boards. Um, I'm an active member of my Kiwanis Club. In fact, I'm president-elect in my Kiwanis Club now. And, you know, I chair our largest fundraiser every year. And I think what it does for a sales rep it makes you feel good because people start seeing you outside of that work mode. Yeah. And it's the amount of people that you meet and it's how you're seen in the community. I mean, it's amazing, but it's just unfortunate because the classic thing you get from sales reps is I don't have any time, right? The two things going against sales reps, time and patience that could just set aside more time and have patience. Giving back will just elevate them. They'll just elevate their gains. my yeah, that's, opinion. That's good, Larry. That's- but, um, You know and i know scott we talk about this all the time and we kind of jab we jab we love making fun of sales reps but it's all right because we've all been there
1: yes absolutely Absolutely.
0: your company at something new challenges the status quo i love challenging the status quo i did it as a sales rep i love doing it now inside of what i do but why do you think sales reps just really truly have a hard time challenging the status quo
2: you know, it's called the status quo because that's what everybody does, and I think people are just, te- you know, they're they are terrified to break out of the pack and, and try to do things that are, are different to separate themselves. So, you know, people wind up going with the thundering herd, even when sometimes, you know, that means you're going to go off the cliff. But uh, yeah, I think it's just very hard for people to do things in a, in a different way, and You know, I, I guess, you know, to me, what kind of highlights that is, almost every sales organization that I've ever seen has a roadmap to success. So it's you know, if you do these things, you'll be successful. So they've figured it out and they've given that roadmap to their sales force. But you know, typically, only ten to twenty percent are actually going to follow that roadmap. Um, So some of it is just. The very basics of people, I think, in general, don't want to work hard. Um, they're trying to game the system. They're trying to figure out easier ways to do things um, instead of just doing, you know, what's proven to, to work and bring them success. So, hmm. uh, you know, I, I think that's a big, big problem and, and one of the reasons why people stick to the
0: status quo well you know it's interesting because you talk about roadmap and and i challenge sales reps on this all the time ask a successful sales professional show me your business plan and show me your roadmap and i can guarantee you more often than not they're gonna be able to share it with you ask an average sales rep show me your roadmap or your business plan and what do you think the response is going to be
2: yeah they don't even they
0: don't have one they don't have one. So I said, there's a big difference between a sales professional and a sales rep. So all too often, sales reps love calling themselves sales reps. Why don't you mm-hmm. just change your mindset, develop a business plan, create a roadmap, and start working
1: towards being a sales professional. Yeah, that's, it's, that's it's, good. It's putting, it,
2: it's putting in the sweat equity you know, to get out what you want. And you know, you've know, you been writing a lot about this recently with you know, comparing athletes and sales reps and you know it's just you got to put into practice it doesn't matter whether you're you know Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan you know most of the elite athletes yes they've got physical gifts but it's uh, you know they're the first ones in last ones to leave Uh, they're putting in more effort than anybody else and they probably got to the point that they were because they did that when they were younger yeah you you just see uh, people in sales in particular um, try to figure out ways not to do that, and then they wonder why you know they're not <laughs> having success. Yeah. In almost all cases, um, at least in sales in my opinion, the common denominator when people aren't successful is they're just not putting in the time and
0: effort.
1: No, it's so well, true. you know,
0: it, 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 and, and it's so true because, uh, you know, the last blog post I just wrote this past week was around sales practice. And, and it's just interesting that mm-hmm. sales reps just don't want to practice. But they want to make as much money as possible, but they don't
1: want to practice. <laughs> right. And it blows
0: my mind. And then the managers aren't enforcing practice. So I don't know. That's a topic of another conversation, another point.
1: Well, I think that discipline, and and that's a good transition, Larry, because uh, the last part of this podcast, I want to talk about talent acquisition. And, and, and I think uh, just as, as a sales rep needs discipline and hard work and a plan, uh, to succeed and and bring the, their a game to to the marketplace, uh, talent acquisition is is very very similar. And I know recruiting talent acquisition, Scott's a huge challenge uh, for a lot of companies. Obviously, um, companies need salespeople, professionals, they need leaders that are the real deal, that are genuine, that bring the goods. They need people that know the industry, that are able to know the client's business and and most importantly they need people that are sincere in their desire to help so how can companies attract those kind of candidates the great talent to their organizations
2: so they've got a you know I think they need to change their mindset to a degree Uh, I think most companies think that they have all the power and that they're almost doing uh, a favor by hiring somebody but when you really look at it you know, successful companies are the ones that realize that it's a partnership and that, you know, yes, they're giving the candidate a paycheck, but the candidate is giving them, you know, far more in return, not only their, their time and talent, um, but, you know, they're their driving revenue that far exceeds what they're giving them. So if you yeah. really peel back the onion and you look at it, you know, who's getting more out of the equation um, you know, companies are not paying somebody a hundred thousand dollars to get a hundred thousand dollars in return. They're paying somebody a hundred thousand dollars to get you know five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred, a million dollars in return. Mm-hmm. So, if anything, mm-hmm. the candidate might be bringing more to the table, arguably, than the company. But I think companies kind of have, in some cases, kind of almost like a pompous attitude that. Hey, I'm doing you a favor, and you know they expect people to jump through a lot of hoops that they would never jump through themselves, um, and they're not recognizing it's a marriage, it's a partnership,
1: um, mm-hmm. and you've
2: got to make sure that you're you're in alignment and that you're treating everybody that way. I think that's uh, that's a huge part of it.
1: Yeah, and I love um, you know I love uh, as we were talking earlier, we we're talking about building partnerships and not hiring candidates. A very big difference between those two, right? Absolutely, no, there's there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, the the partnership aspect is is just
2: completely missing. Um, you know, we talk to people all the time that in a in a typical scenario you're looking for one person. And that person could be ahead of marketing, could be ahead of sales, could be a sales manager, could be an individual contributor, but you're looking for one specific person. But in order to find that one specific person, you're probably in some way, shape or form, interacting with 100 people to get the one. Hmm. And I think people put all their time and effort and emphasis on the one, not recognizing that you wind up with 99 people that are either adversaries or advocates, depending yeah. on how you treated them uh, along the way in that process. So when you don't communicate back to candidates and let them know that, you know, they're being considered or they're not being considered, um, you know, that really damages a company's brand. And it's incredibly important, especially in today's world of Glassdoor and things like that, it's incredibly important that companies focus on all 100 not just the one person who's going to get the job mm-hmm. because as you as you repetitively hire people over time, when you're focused on really treating everybody uh, in the most respectful way possible
0: um, you know it, it's a game changer for companies to attract the right type of talent
1: mm. there, there's some light, there's some
0: light bulb moments in that and, and it it's, it's, I'm gonna throw a challenge out to the sales managers that are listening to this. Hmm. is how many sales managers out there are really out there building relationships with top talent? But if you ask any sales manager, what's the number one thing you want your sales reps doing? What do you think they're going to say? It's all going to be around that P word, prospecting. We, I want my sales reps prospecting for new business. Right. Or become better prospectors. So how many sales managers out there are doing the same thing? Building relationships, yeah. How many relationships. sales managers yeah. are building relationships with top talent that's out there? Though they may be happy in a current role or something like that, just think about that. What do sales managers do, or what are they doing to recruit top talent? That just—I bet you that one blows your mind, Scott. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you probably know the answer.
2: Yeah, they—they've they, got to start by you know having a servant's mentality and understanding um, you know that it's important to build those relationships. Uh, you know one at a time and that they'll pay off and that, you know, it's not, hey, let's find this person that we need that we needed yesterday, but let's build relationships so that when the time comes, you know, we've got a pool of people that we can pick from that think, you know, very positively of, of our organization and, you know, and of the individual, because the, you know, probably the most important thing that people evaluate when they're looking into a new opportunity is the person that they're gonna be reporting to. So, you know, if you haven't been treated very well or if there's no relationship, uh, it's pretty difficult to envision yourself working there.
0: Because I think it it goes back to this is you know, because we've all been recruited, right? We've all been through the interview process at certain points in our career. And you always get the, are they being truly genuine, authentic, right? Mm-hmm. So you you buy, yeah. you buy into the interview process, you buy into how they're acting during the interview process, and then all of a sudden, guess what? You get there, and in the first 30 days, you go, what the hell did I just <laughs> sign up for? Because it's like that person's now the polar opposite of what they acted like during the interview process.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's, 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 that's people
2: being, I think, really short-sighted and not understanding that, you know, transparency is so important and communication is so important because people are going to figure out the truth very quickly. And, and why do companies have turnover? Um, it's either because they're using an agency that's not representing them well and is tell is inflating whether it's mm. compensation or culture or whatever the case may be. And so people walk into an opportunity with rose-colored glasses on and they quickly find out that that's not the case. Mm. So, I mean, a, a real quick uh, story about something that that. I started doing 17 years ago um, when I was starting up with Salesforce and I wanted to avoid that particular problem I said what I'm going to do so that I'm never I'm I'm ensuring that we're never misrepresenting our organization or an opportunity is I'm going to give every candidate at the point that we feel like we'd like to bring them on board I'll give them the opportunity to speak to everybody in the department um, so in the beginning, we were very small, and that was just a couple people, but towards uh, the end, you know, it was a, a very, very sizable group. So they literally would get a, a list of, you know, 50, 60 people wow. with their phone numbers, and I would leave a global voicemail from my team saying, you know, John Smith is a candidate to be a national account manager for us. Please answer every question he has as openly and honestly as possible. Um, and then that person had the opportunity to speak to, you know, not just the superstar who's making a ton of money and and thinks, of course, great things about the company, but they could talk to anybody. And I think just hmm. that full transparency, which we still do today uh, at Something New, when we're hiring somebody, everybody talks to everyone in the organization, because I think it's really important to have that incredible transparency, that way people are, are never and thinking something
0: it's going to be something that it's not. Man. Dude, that was amazing.
1: That you was know, great.
0: I, I, I have to flip that. Now, I got, <laughs> I'm going to throw myself for a second on this one, McGregor, because I'm going to challenge sales reps to step out of the status quo. Can you imagine a sales rep sharing with a potential client? I think this is a good opportunity at our point in this journey together <laughs> that I'd like for you, you know, and I encourage you. To reach out to some key members in my organization and just get to know them or ask them some questions. Can you imagine the sales rep who says that? What do you think the response would be from somebody on the other end? Are they going to go, (laughs) this person might be the real deal, right? They
1: might be the real deal.
0: And that is challenging the status quo. So that was brilliant stuff from Gregor.
1: That's so good. Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, what a fascinating discussion. I know it's, it's going to be extremely helpful to the sales uh, reps and sales leaders that, that were listening. And I love your heart. I love the perspective. I told everyone at the beginning we had someone who sells from the heart, recruits from the heart, leads from the heart. And uh, I think that is is awesome. And what we want to do every, every episode, we leave you with a challenge. And I think, Larry, you nailed it. And, and the challenge this week is really simple and straightforward but it's going to require um, some some deep introspection uh, is how can you challenge the status quo as a sales rep? What can you do? What's one thing that you can start doing today to challenge the status quo out there and be different, be genuine, and uh, as we say, sell from the heart? So thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Share this with your friends. Um, We appreciate everybody. We love the tribe of Elite, authentic, genuine, real deal salespeople that, uh, that is gathering around this right now. Um, so we wish you a great day. And uh, as we always say, Larry, sell from the heart.
0: I love Scott McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> Take
1: care, Thanks, everybody.
0: Guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the Salescast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.